0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Gear 30 on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, the founder of Blister, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. Last week on Gear 30, Sam Shaheen, Luke Kappa, and I addressed some of the questions that some of you had been asking on the site about ski quivers, plus some other questions related to ski quivers and the topic of the one boot quiver. And as promised, we are now running part two of our ski quiver questions and the one ski boot quiver question with our viewers Kristen Sinat, Sasha Anastas, and Kara Williard. It is a fun conversation, and to be honest, I think it picks up steam as we turn to the one boot quiver question, which is a little bit surprising since we were recording this conversation very late at night, and there might have been a bit of whiskey and hard cider consumption taking place among a few of the participants. Anyway, it was really fun to get Sasha and Kristen and Kara's perspectives on all of these things, and so with that, here we go. Well, I am very happy to be joined by Sasha, Kara, and Kristen. Um, Sasha, how are you today, and what's the coolest thing you've done recently?
1: I am doing well, and the coolest thing I've done recently is ski a green run uh, with Ingrid Backstrom at the Safe As Clinic in Copper Mountain two days ago.
0: (laughs) Now, a green run. Agreed. Was run. was Ingrid just she wanted to make sure that you could handle greens before you worked your way up to like blues and blacks and double blacks. <laughs> Definitely.
1: <laughs> Definitely. She should, <laughs> she, she saw me, you and was and like She <laughs> saw that I was in these junior boots cuz they don't fit in any other boots, so she just wanted to take it slow and <laughs> easy with me out of the gate.
0: Okay. Kara Williard, how are you doing and The real important question with you is how is your recovery coming?
2: Well, hey everyone, it's good to be back with you and I'm doing pretty good today. I uh, have been making some pretty consistent improvements with my knee and that is pretty much my main job right now is just getting my knee back, Um, living the city life and being away from snow for a little while but seeing some good improvement.
0: If you're going to get a knee injury, at least you did it in a really cool place, right?
2: Yeah, it was an amazing experience. I was skiing Mount Rishiri, which is north of Hokkaido, remote volcanic island, and had a really awesome ascent of that peak. And then went out the next day uh, a little fatigued and hit a pretty bad wind crust and tore the ACL. But uh, I'm six months out and looking to ski in a couple of months. So just trying to be patient right now.
0: Kristen Sinat. How are you, and what are you drinking?
3: <laughs> uh, I'm good. I'm not drinking anything, because I finished my hard cider a long time ago, <laughs> which I wasn't going to have, but Pat insisted and poured it for me anyway. Good
0: Pat Pat insisted you drink? Yeah.
3: Well, he just poured and put it in front of me.
0: Okay. He's a good guy. So, yeah. He's a good guy. Well, listen, I'm happy to be joined by all three of you here, and um, it's time to pick up this, uh, question that it's seemingly, it's a topic that just never dies around here, but, um, we're going to talk more about ski quivers and then we are going to actually get to that one boot quiver question where I, in particular, I really can't wait to hear what Kara has to say about this, but we did part one with me, Luke and Sam, which, you know, we ended up talking way too long. And so we just said, all right, we're going to do a separate thing with you guys now but let's go through some of the same questions that Sam Luke and I talked about. So, I'd be curious to get from each of you just your individual perspectives on this question of how to go about or how you all think about selecting a ski quiver. Do you tend to stay like with skis that are more similar or as I said in the last podcast kind of that have more family resemblance? Or do you like to not go sort of apple to bigger apple to even bigger apple, but kind of get an apple and an orange and a banana in the group and kind of switch up your skis? Kara, do you want to go first?
2: Surely, Um, so I had a few thoughts as far as what Sam and Luke were saying about how they can kind of switch up their styles. And my main perspective on that is that my style is pretty much always very consistent Um, So my quiver is generally catering to the variability and the change of the snow conditions, um, as well as my location being pretty consistent, but also kind of able to factor in some trips and other aspects of the season that might kind of switch up my offerings in my quiver. Um, The four and five ski quiver gave me the opportunity to kind of venture out of what I think to be pretty consistent family resemblance. For me, I really like damp, stable skis, skis that stay uh, pretty consistently flexing and stiff on the chalky or firmer snow at Taos. Um, But the 4 and 5 Ski Quiver allowed me to kind of choose a couple options that were a little bit different, Uh, either that they were a little bit softer, more playful than I generally pick, or that they were kind of more like on-pieced or low snow focused. Um, so something a little bit narrower at the waist, which was a nice thing to throw into the mix, especially after two seasons ago. Kristen. Uh,
3: so my quiver choices were kind of just based on what I've enjoyed. I'm uh, I, i I'm a very directional skier. I, I'm not as playful as Sam or Luke. Um, but there are days when it's not going to be great to be off piste or they're not even open. And like a Santa Ana 110 where you can just blow down a groomer. Um, it's super fun, but then there's days when I just want to ski steep chutes and like an Ushi, uh, DPS Ushi 94 is super fun for hop turns. So I do change up my skiing slightly. Um, so they don't all have a, there's not a lot of family resemblance and in the five quiver. So when I started going from a five quiver down to a four, three, uh, I started cutting out some of those that were a little bit more specialized, like the DPS Ushi 94, which I have very specific um, type of terrain and turn style I really like for it, even though it, it does pretty well on groomers. Um, and in a little bit of chop and stuff like that. It just, it doesn't, it's not as well-rounded as some of the other skis. So mine kind of went,
1: they, they each filled a niche of a sort.
0: Mhm. Sasha.
1: Yeah, so that's a good question. Um I really had a tendency to go with um a, a family resemblance for sure. Um I I'm a creature of habit, as you guys can tell with my Pandora line obsession. So it would have been really straightforward for me to be 8494 and a 104 of the Pandora's. Um, but it, that just isn't that practical. You know, I'm skiing up here in Colorado uh, with lots of different conditions. And I think with the four and five quivers, um, it did let me think a little bit harder about if I truly had a dedicated backcountry setup, what that would look like. Um, I guess I had approached it um, usually from the two and three ski quiver from a, you know, a fifty-fifty ski. So Um, so that was kind of interesting, uh, to put in there. Ultimately, I chose a more playful ski than I tended to for the backcountry setup. Um, but I, I definitely, um, I, am with Chris and I tend to ski a little bit more directional, but, uh, I am, I am a smaller person. So, um, a (laughs) playful ski, I can, you know, I, I, can kind of, uh, bridge between it being more directional and also somewhat playful, um, Uh, so yeah, so that, that was a good question. I really, I had a hard time not just putting a family resemblance. I had to try hard not to, to do that and get a good variety in my four and fives. Well, I didn't, I don't think I did a five, but for my four ski quiver. So
0: let me ask you guys this again, just personal preference. Do you like the idea of having like four or five skis or do you actually prefer rolling with a smaller quiver where you are going to be spending more time on the same, you know, one or two or three skis. Cause I, I don't I don't feel like it's obvious, right, that the more skis, the better. Kristen, what's your take on that?
3: So uh one of my biggest apprehensions about um reviewing skis for Blister was I I get on a ski and I it takes me a while to learn it and really enjoy it. And so I like a ski. That is intuitive and easy to just you hop on it and you just ski like you don't have to work into it and figure it out um, how to do your turns or change anything up for it. Um, So I like like before reviewing for blister, I was more of a two ski quiver person, but now I love having all these options and these options are like the Ushi I can jump on and I know how to ski it like from day one. It was just very easy to make those hop turns and super fun versus some of the other ones that I didn't choose, it's because going back and forth between a bunch of skis, it's harder to dial them in right away. And for me, it's not quite as fun. Um, and they don't necessarily go with my ski style anyway.
0: First of all, just to clarify, which, which DPS Ushi are you talking about?
3: DPS uh, Alchemist Ushi 94C2. <laughs> wow,
0: that's a mouthful.
3: <laughs> or the DPS Ushi A94.
0: The DPS Ushi Alchemist 94. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then I'm just curious, when you said you previously liked to roll with a two-ski quiver, how did you – what was that setup like? Did you have an al- a dedicated alpine binding on one ski and then a a an alpine touring binding on the other ski?
3: Yeah, I guess – so during, like, the main season, I would always have a pair of rock skis because it's, you know, Taos and whatnot. But, yeah, main – Season I would have a dedicated alpine setup, and then a dedicated uh, well, and then an AT setup that I would occasionally use um, on resort because they were actually fatter, um, and so they would be more of my powder ski.
0: Okay, Kara.
2: So I think I've ultimately found that most of my days I am gonna stick to a pretty similar ski, and. So realistically, I think a three ski quiver more than suffices my needs. Um, However, I will say it is really fun to be able to have that really diverse quiver and to incorporate things that when you need them or want them there, um, it's a fantastic option, especially like a couple seasons ago when it didn't snow much. Had I expanded my quiver a bit or had that narrower ski, I think I probably could have benefited a bit more throughout the season, just kind of catering to those conditions. So while realistically, I'm probably taking the same ski out about 80% of the time, um, having that little bit broader quiver does suit the needs when the snow's really deep or really firm, um, especially with house kind of being interchangeable of both, I would say high snowfall and low snowfall. Um, it's good to have that slightly broader quiver.
0: Kara, what ski have you been spending, like you said, 80% of your time on?
2: So the last couple of years, it's been the Nordica Santa Ana 100. Um, That is kind of my go-to ski inherently, just two sheets of metal, but still a little bit of that lively, playful feel in the tip and tail especially. Um, So I would say that ski's kind of been the perfect balance of everything I seek out and is pretty much everything I want most days.
0: Okay. Sasha
1: yeah, so um, you know, I think that uh when you get this opportunity you have this four ski quiver, the world is your oyster, right, and you you get to be really creative, um the reality of it though is uh I, I'm with both Kristen and Kara that I have a hard time um leaving that ski that I ski eighty percent on at home. I do really like the idea of having a dedicated groomer, I think that's great, especially coming from a race background. But again, um, like, am I going to go and just ski groomers all day long? You know, that one day I I go out? Probably not. So while it would be great to have, you know, them both sitting at this ski rack in front of the lodge, especially because I do most um, front country uh, skiing at this point in time, I do think that um, it's more of a luxury than anything else. Like, the reality of having a four-ski quiver, you know, one that I would invest in, one that I would, you know, spend a substantial amount of time picking out and choosing and vetting, I think is less likely for me. I think um, I, I probably would just probably have a two or three ski, ski quiver, uh, but it did. It was really It was really fun to think, okay, if I did have a dedicated carver, granted, I don't think I answered anything with that because I couldn't commit to it entirely saying, hey, this is your ski. You have this all day. You're stuck on it. Um, you know, I, I, I had a hard time committing to that entirely.
0: It's been funny. I mean, we've gotten a few comments on the site that, you know, people are like, why don't you have more dedicated carvers? And we've kind of been saying like, well, because we ski everything on most days, we're like skiing everything. So groomers and moguls and steeps, etc." So some people of course translate that into like, oh, they don't care about groomers it's like well that's just not true you know and i think every blister reviewer can carve a ski and you guys certainly can um but it's just we are i do think we value that versatility it's like in the way that probably few of us own like 130 millimeter wide dedicated pow skis while on the other end of the spectrum we don't have probably many of us are spending too much time because of exactly what you just said Sasha on like 68 millimeter wide skis I am curious to ask you though Sasha if I was like you're coming to Crested Butte and we're just skiing groomers Saturday and Sunday what ski are you currently picking
1: gosh that's a great question um of the skis that I have been on most recently I would probably say the Santa Ana ninety three, um, and or as funny as this sounds, is the, is the the Liberty Genesis ninety. And only because it's it's playful and so when you get to do I mean, right, it's kind of um a juxtaposition to say, Yeah, I want a playful carving ski, but at the same token that liberty is interesting. It's so stiff underfoot that it's a blast to really push in and you can really grip the snow when you push um in and mid turn and then then it's it's pretty fun to pop out of it. And for me being five feet tall, that ski is pretty easy for me to manage when I transition and you kind of pop out of that turn dynamically. So that, that ski, um, I think that's why I had that on my four ski quiver, but back to what you were saying earlier, I, I do think that it's a testament to the skis now and the technology is that I can go out on the, a, a ski that's like 104 underfoot or even like the, the DPS Zelda 106, and I can still get that ski to carve pretty decently, I mean, I sure wouldn't sign up for a Nastar course next to Michaela Schifrin or anything like that in that ski, but nonetheless, I would still have a really great time on a day full of groomers with either of those skis.
0: I kind of agree with you. And so I do think, I mean, as we're talking about, like, as we turn the conditions more and more to ice and blue ice, that's where I'm probably not going to just be happy to reach for a 106 underfoot, but... I can think of a number of seventy-eight to eighty-four millimeter wide skis that I still would be pretty happy reaching for.
1: Yeah, and I would agree that would be I would be completely comfortable in that same millimeter area. I mean, keeping in mind that up until I reviewed for Blister, I think I was you know trying to carve on a gateway on my Pandora Line One Tens and, and thinking I had it going on, you know,
0: Kristen. If you are designing either a two or three ski quiver, how much would that change if you weren't primarily skiing in the Rocky Mountain West, but instead were back home on the East Coast skiing what you repeatedly tell me is like basically the best ski area in the world, Cannon. <laughs>
3: I, I do love Cannon. Um, I don't know if I've said it's the best in the world, but well, okay, it, it has some of the best people there. Very hardcore skiers back east. So my, my quiver would change. Uh, there aren't many um, non-groom runs, at least as I remember growing up. Um, there was one, and some days you just didn't even want to go near it. Uh, one side would be a sheet of ice. The others would have some like nasty bumps and then grass and rock showing through. Um, so some days you would, you would know you are just going to be skiing groomers. Um, and for that, I, uh, would, I'll, and actually I'm headed there in a week. So, uh, I chose the Santa Ana 93, uh, in my quiver thinking, cause I was going back East, but I would add something even narrower. Uh, the K2 tough love. I got on it last season and really liked it. I know Sasha, um, it was a little too long, the length we had for Sasha, but, um, it was really nice, uh, fun to flex, um, and did okay in some of the, the bumps. So I would do that. It's now called the K2 Anthem, um, K2 Anthem 80- 82, right? 82. Yep. yep. Um, so I think I'll be packing that with me and probably the Santa Ana 93s. Uh, so if I was going to do a three quiver for back East, um, uh, those would be two of them. And then I'd probably pick something in the hundred to the one Oh four range, um, just for softer days and occasional powder day. Um, so yeah, so I guess just adding a narrower ski and taking it away a slightly fatter ski for my, uh, cannon quiver, we can call it.
0: Yep. The cannon quiver. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I mean, we're massive fans of the, the men's version of the k2 anthem 82 is the k2 iconic and those it's just an exceptional ski um so and you can read what we wrote about that and on the website but um yeah i think that is certainly a ski that would be um of interest to me if i was putting together an east coast quiver well on this topic of like let's just call it you know slightly skinnier skis or sub 90 millimeter wide skis what else is on your radars for stuff that you're particularly interested in getting on, Sasha?
1: Um, so I'm pretty interested on the of uh, the the Black Pearl eighty eight. I think I spent maybe a couple hours on that ski two or three years ago, um, skiing mostly groomed runs on Highlands, uh, their Thunderbolt run. And I I really enjoyed it. Um, we did get some last year, so I'm, I'm really excited to spend a significant amount of time on that ski, um, as well, um, as the line Pandora 84. I think last year they, they did the 84, 94 and 104. And as much as I love that 104, um, I'm really curious to see how that 84 compares to other sub 90 millimeter skis.
0: Kara.
2: Yeah, so I'm really curious to see what Sasha has to say about the Black Pearl 88. As part of my five ski quiver this year, I did include the Blizzard Brahma, which is 88 millimeters underfoot. Um, does include more metal than the Black Pearl, which is kind of why I've always gravitated towards it and have spent considerable amount of early season and really firm days on the Brahma. And that's why the five ski quiver kind of allowed me to include that narrower waisted ski. So I'll be curious to see how Sasha gets along with that ski. And if it's in the length long enough for me, I'd like to try it head-to-head as well because I'm typically skiing the Brahma in 180 centimeters.
0: The 180, okay.
2: 180, Which which is
0: the same length I like the Brahma in. Something we have in common.
2: Yeah, it's a great ski.
0: Yeah, it is. Let's talk about ski boots. Um, So we... Raise this question on our previous Ski Quivers podcast, I expressed a lot of, um, well, let's say I was kicking and screaming about the concept of only having one ski boot for both inbounds riding and backcountry touring. But um, that's just my take. I'm very, very curious to hear your individual perspectives on if you had to go with one ski boot, both for touring and for inbounds riding. How angry are you? How cool with this are you? And what would your current pick be? Uh, Let's start with Kristen.
3: Uh, Definitely not as angry as you. Uh, So I have done it in the past with a really poorly fitting pair of Black Diamond um, (laughs) AT boots and didn't love it, but I endured. Uh, But... If I had to do it, I, I would be somewhat okay with it. Ski boots are super expensive and I'm super cheap, um, so I could see myself doing it someday. Uh, but I, I ski the Atomic Hawks Ultra XTD 115, and they're, they're good. And I've skied them in bounds. Um, I would be okay with it. I'm not a super aggressive or heavy skier, so I don't think I'd have issues with it falling apart on me. Um, and they work great right in the back country. So I, I would miss the Solomons I'm on right now, which are the X-Max 120s, uh, super cushy fun boot, but, but yeah, I'm, I'd be okay with it.
0: You'd be okay with it. Sasha.
1: Yeah, I'm with Kristen. So I think two or three years ago, I spent my entire season on a pair of Scarpa freedoms. Um, and, uh, I, I was, patrolling a little bit so I did have to have somewhat of um I had to have mobility without skis on and I would have to say I agree with Sam and Luke on this one in that it would be more painful to have a one boot quiver that was a stiff alpine geared boot and not a uh a boot that had a walk mode so um with that said uh given what I do which is mostly inbounds I, I would say that if I were to choose a boot now, my one, one boot quiver would certainly be um, a, a stiffer um, boot. And I'm actually, I'm on the uh, Atomic Ultra Hawks. They do make a, a backcountry geared boot, which Kristen, I believe, is on and mentioned. But I'm on the Alpine geared boot, and I think that's a 110 uh, flex um, again, I don't have the luxury of having a lot of boot options because my foot is really small. So I think we should talk about can't that. can't be choosers. Yeah,
0: no, that's a real thing. And, like, first of all, like Sasha, you know, race background, ripping skier. And this is a constant issue that we talk about is that like, I lose
1: sleep over this. Yeah. <laughs> we, all, we all lose sleep over this, actually.
0: So it's just like, can people make a stout boot in a 22.5, right? And I actually love this story. I hated it at the time, but I love it now. <laughs> we're literally skiing the other day at CBMR, and Sasha starts blowing me up. And, like, I keep just hitting, like, turn off the ring. And she immediately calls back. I turn off the ring again because we're, like, in the middle of skiing and runs. And I get this text, I need to talk to you right now. And I'm worried, like, did your husband die? Like, are you okay? And she calls me frantic and she's like, I found a pair of 130 flex Dolbello boots online. I'm just buying them right now. Should I do this? Should I not? And I'm like, I was like, I don't know. I, I personally haven't re- reviewed the Dolbello DRS 130. But I, I just think that it is still an interesting conundrum for smaller people who are really good skiers, and still we're still trying to get ski boots that will be supportive enough for types like you.
1: Well, and I think the thing is, and, I, and the more I have this niggle, I, I realize I think it's a personal nuance than anything else. Um, what, what it comes down to is, yes, most most companies absolutely do make a, a race boot in um, like a 120 or even 130 um, in a 22, 5 or lower. But what happens right at the 23 Mondo is that it turns over and you end up with a shorter cuff. So um, I've been talking to a lot of friends, uh, one friend in particular who's a PSIA three level 3 instructor, and I've presented this to her. She knows me very well. And, and she thinks that this is just a personal niggle that I'm out of my mind. So I'm curious. I can't wait to find somebody else who has the same problem. Um, but it did it did take me back to my Lang, um RXs I had four or five years. Oh, gosh, got to be like six or seven years ago. And uh, 120 flex, they were awesome. But I spent the entire season dealing with boot bang because of where they fell on my shin. And so, uh, again, this atomic hawk that I'm in, um, uh, Kara will, will tell you, we had quite the experience in going through and measuring the cuff length to all the others. Um, so it's not unheard of. I know that Head Raptor um, does make, I think, even their 140 in a 22.5. But whether or not they shorten the cuff, I know Lang specifically shortens the cuff after, I believe, a 23 um, per conversations I had with them at the trade show. Um, it's. I don't know. The jury's still out whether or not this is just a weird nuance of mine, or if this is a legitimate problem found throughout the smaller uh, stature people. Um, Shall we call I'm it the still... the, the, <laughs> the elf like the elf like? Oh please, the elf like. <laughs> no pun intended, Jonathan and Luke Copa for mocking my photo on insta that, the other day
0: no no one was mocking it you just started complaining about it and you said you looked like an elf
1: because i have a santa hat on
0: oh yeah you did
1: i was not skiing with a santa hat everybody <laughs> just so you know i had my helmet on and they photoshopped that to appear as if it were on anyhow so i the jury's still out i i'm still so curious to find somebody else with this the same problem um, Kara, have you run into this as uh, in your boot fitting experience with anybody else? Well, Sasha, in some ways, you are unique. Uh, in, in, know- in a lot
0: of ways. <laughs>
2: Jonathan, don't even. Don't even start. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. Um, <laughs> so in some ways, you are unique, Sasha, though I will say this has been a gap within the industry for a few years. I have several friends who face this conundrum I'd say less to the extent of the cuff height. I mean, that's definitely one that you're more <laughs> fixated on than some of my other girlfriends this
1: eventually. That's my goal. Sasha,
0: listen, I while I disagree with you on a whole lot of things, I I will I will march with you in a defense of taller cuff heights.
1: I can't wait to get these like super stiff Del and just like be at home. I can't wait. I well, can't wait to we'll just see. be like jokes on all you guys. <laughs>
0: Anyway, sorry, Kara, I'm interrupting the master here. So I'm just going to shut up and sit back.
2: Um, So for the listeners that don't know, I have been boot fitting for 10 years. And throughout that time, I think I've seen quite the evolution of women's boots. I'm happy to say it has gotten better. um, While there is still some gaps, as Sasha has mentioned, and even worse yet with my friends who are 21.5. But you know, totally ripping skiers, there's still a bit of a hole that needs to be filled but in the last couple years I've been pretty fascinated and very grateful to see women's boots getting considerably stiffer um, that most of those high-end women's boot models are starting to emerge into that 120 and above flex zone which I think is imperative and completely necessary Um, now I have been really awaiting my opportunity to kind of completely Challenge Jonathan's <laughs> resistance to the one boot quiver for many reasons. Um, I, You know, when I started boot fitting 10 years ago, I do think it was kind of in this realm where you were taking major sacrifices on one end or the other, and that most of the time everyone was having to invest in two, two different ski boots. I think for the majority of consumers and the majority of the people I fit, this is... Not really necessary anymore, and that there has been incredible evolutions into what can be a pretty good 50 50 boot. Um, You might be sacrificing a bit on the uphill, but when we think about most consumers or just kind of the exact needs of what people really are doing in that boot or what they really need, I think there's some tremendous options out there. And the fact that I can fully disclose that I'm pretty stuck on a one boot quiver at the moment, Um, I've been skiing the Lang XT Free 130, which is a men's boot. Um, I gravitate towards men's boots quite frequently just because I am 5'9", 150 pounds. Um, I do feel like I over flex quite a few women's boots. I prefer a stiffer boot and I end up skiing men's boots, but this Lang XT Free has been I mean, without a doubt, as far as like the couple hundred days I've skied in resort on a pretty impressive boot regarding suspension. I love the way Lang offers pretty nice progressive flex of their boots. And um, that being said, you know, I don't really get into as big of backcountry objectives as I know Sam and Luke do. But that when I have gone, you know, even several uh, several hours uphill, you know, 5,000 feet ascent, I've been pretty comfortable in this boot. I know I'm sacrificing a bit, but I also know that for a lot of my customers, I've kind of shared this satisfaction and it's not really that need anymore for the customer to need to buy two boots that they can kind of have that boot that will do enough of both. And um, in that way, that's a pretty new thing, I'd say, even in the last two to three years.
1: Kara, you ski in um, custom liners, right? Well, I they're not exactly custom, but I am
2: a complete fan and forever more a skier of ZipFit liners. I have about five hundred days in my current ZipFits. They've been molded to my last two shells. Um, but what's really nice about my current one boot quiver is typically for touring and uphill. More uphill oriented days, I am skiing the Stock XT free liner because it's a little bit lighter, a little bit more flexible, and not quite as rigid. Um, whereas the Zip Fit liner that I'm skiing on most of my resort days is a pretty supportive. Somewhat rigid liner just because it is cork and that cork is completely moldable. And the beauty of cork is that it doesn't ever pack out, unlike most foams. No matter how dense you're talking regarding foam, it is eventually changing shape on you. And I can say, you know, several hundred days in on my zip fits, that is the most consistent change or, sorry, most consistent fit I have ever had, and will probably. Never really appreciate a stock liner like I do the Zip Fit. However, I do like to get out on stock liners and still kind of compare that difference. And as I mentioned, that stock liner on my XT Free is actually a pretty great option when it comes to touring, as well as keeping that setup a little bit lighter, though I am sacrificing on the weight end without a doubt, and I'll admit it.
1: So do you think that a custom liner on, say, maybe a moderately short boot do you feel like this shell could be shorter if you had a custom liner that was uh you know say a little bit taller or am i just trying to be overly creative here and deal with my little niggle
2: um so i think sasha it's an interesting idea and when you look especially like at the atomic we got you in last season that is without a doubt like not only the tallest cuff but the tallest liner um, I'm not sure exactly how that liner height is going to play a part into kind of the supportive feel of that boot. I think most of that is just going to be coming from the shell itself and how that, you know, shell is flexing with your leg. Um, but that being said, I can notice a difference in stiffness of my boot going between my zip fit liner and my stock liner. And I know as well, even with intuition, some of those pretty like... Higher-density foam offerings can also give a little bit stiffer, more supportive feel, Um, but maybe not as much solving the cuff height issue.
1: So basically, Kara, what you're saying is that I need to add a Zip Fit Liner to my Christmas list here. I think it'd be a wise
2: idea. It sounds
0: like a good idea, honestly.
1: Jonathan, you
2: skis at Fit Liner, don't you, sometimes? You
0: know, great question. I have actually (laughs) been... Reverting back to stock liners. This is why I never should have started Blister, because if I never started Blister, I would definitely only be skiing a Zipfit every single day ever. Sorry, all makers of stock liners, but that's just a true statement. But I uh just being real here, I'm back skiing stock liners for now, and I miss I miss my Zipfit World Cup Garas. <laughs> But I would say as a generalization, and I normally don't like to make generalizations, I do think liners are getting better and better. Do you agree with that?
2: I do agree with that. I mean, unfortunately, I do think, you know, this one boot quiver that I'm referring to, this kind of 50-50 boot, those liners tend to be a little bit skimpier um, than more of an alpine-oriented boot. I've been pretty impressed with a lot of the like liners I've gotten my hands on in the last um, season or two. I mean, especially like the Nordica Pro Machine. I skied a bunch last year. The new Solomon S-Max. I mean, those are pretty high quality liners. Um, And definitely, you know, you're going to get your days out of those. Just those days in that stock liner are definitely a fraction of the days you're going to get out of a zip fit. That's just the nature of cork versus foam. uh, Sorry, cork versus foam. But that being said, you know, liner... Technology has improved other than maybe that 50-50 boot where they are still trying to cut a little bit of weight on the liner or get a little bit more soft, more flexible liner for when you are going uphill.
0: Yeah, Kara, while you disagreed with me about the one boot quiver, you do realize that we are in agreement on if I had to go with a one boot quiver, you and I picked the same boot.
2: Yeah, no, I definitely recognize that. And I think, you know, ultimately we, we agree on that boot. A lot of people do. And also just from kind of the feedback I've gotten from customers over the last couple of years, orienting a lot of people towards that kind of boot for when they are, you know, only getting maybe 20 to 30% of their days in the backcountry, it ends up being a really Awesome, economical, accessible way to have a boot that does do everything, especially with the evolution of pin tech capability or just kind of having that ability to, you know, get out on your pin binding and then go back to your alpine binding with the same boot.
0: Kara, you are definitely coming back on by yourself where you preach for a while. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to I'm going to save a few questions that I have here for a later time cuz I want I want to do a conversation with you about boot fitting and a bunch of other boot questions. So given that, is there anything else that you all would like to talk about?
2: Um I I do have one point in regards to kind of that conversation you dove into with Luke and Sam just that like do we really need to have a reviewer that represents every build every snow condition, etc. Um, what's fun about the Quiver articles is that I think it's one of the few times, not only with Blister, uh, blister, but also with my profession of ski boot fitting, as well as selling skis to customers, that I get to be pretty biased, um, which is really fun. The Quiver articles kind of allow me to really like hone into what truly is my preferences and be really kind of flagrant and honest about that. So I appreciate the Quiver articles for that. Um, But otherwise, I would like to say that like most of the time, my framework and for the way I kind of view all of my time on skis and boots is that while I'm not always testing the ski that is perfect for my preferred style and terrain, I am always considering people's own unique style and needs as a major part of that review process. And same thing goes with boots. Like I'm just recognizing like what that foot needs and what's going to suit that customer the best regarding comfort, regarding what they need for performance. And so that's kind of what's fun for this. The quiver aspect is just that I get to be a little bit more honest about like, this is exactly what I want. And I'm not always thinking in that framework of like, well, maybe I don't like this ski for this reason, but I'm sure someone else would like it because of that reason.
0: Kristen, Sasha, anything else?
1: Um, as far as like addressing, and maybe Kristen has um, something more to say on this um, regard, just because she's so much more experienced in East Coast skiing than I. Um, I think that our we do get our fair share of um, icy conditions uh, where we ski here, especially up in Colorado. Like I can name three runs in copper that I think are pretty representative of the East Coast. So I do think that we do we do get to give these skis a solid go at pr- pretty icy conditions. Um, again, while it's not all day, I, I don't necessarily think that we lose credibility in that we don't have um, location specific testers. I think with all of us, we do travel a lot um and 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 as Kara was just saying, we do consider every different type of skier and what this ski is geared toward, what conditions, et cetera. so. I think, yeah, I don't, I think that's a little unnecessary, so to speak, but, uh, I'll let Kristen weigh in just because she has so much more East coast skiing than I.
3: Yeah. So I'm going to keep saying we should go back East and ski more <laughs> just because I love visiting my family and, um, it's fun. It's very humbling and, and it's great. And it is very different. Um, but I, I think we all, when we're reviewing skis, take that into consideration and granted. Very rarely do I see icy conditions, even like at Taos on a bad year, um, like I do back east. So it, it is different. Um, all day groomers versus occasionally, but but again, I think we're doing our best to incorporate what's where those skis are going to excel um, and the va- um, the different terrain and types of snow that they'll they'll be good with. So I don't think we need a reviewer everywhere. Um, but taking into consideration, I think we're doing, and I think, um, I still think we should go back East and ski some more and, and to Alaska and to the Pacific Northwest. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't, I
1: wouldn't say no to any trip.
0: I found myself thinking a lot that
1: Iceland. like, well,
0: yeah, I, it turns out I am going back to Iceland in May, but,
1: uh, Good, you're taking all of us. Nope. Great. We'll see you there. Nope, We'll see you there.
0: I gotta say, this week I found myself thinking about like New England, whiny New Englanders versus like Australians. You know who's oh. never, you know who's never like, I can't, I don't trust any of your reviews because you don't review skis in Australia. It's like, you know what? God bless you, Australians. And to you, whiny oh. New Englanders who are v- vastly different from the tough, New Englanders who I know, including my mother. Um, I don't know. It's not a good look for you, New England.
3: <laughs> I, I think that's kind of like saying, "Well, you elected Trump as your president, so you must all have voted for him." Um,
0: no, that's nothing like that. There's the there's the tough good New Englanders who I respect, and then there's the other handful.
3: So, I, there there's one little thing I want to say. Um, about East Coast skiing. And I, I do think I've gotten a little softer um, coming away from my going away from my roots. Um, but I was back East uh, a couple years ago. My dad hadn't skied for a little while. I was like, oh, dad, come up. He's like, only if it's a warm day. I was like, okay, whatever. You ski for free. Just take one run and go home. You're fine. So he gets up there. It is freezing cold. It's colder than any day I've skied at Taos in like the last 10 years. He's like, this is a great day. This is wonderful. We're riding up the lift. The snow, they had a recent melt cycle and it refroze. So they're making snow. It's blowing across the chairlift. It's like blue ice in parts, man-made like lumps in other parts. It's just not a great day. And we see somebody learning to ski, like with an instructor in these conditions. And they're like, well, why not? It's a great day to ski. And that is East Coast skiing to me. Like you want to love it? Like, yeah. You don't want to love it. You have to love it in order to be out there. And so I don't see the whiny side of East Coast skiers. I see the hardcore
0: side. No, I, I love that side. I To be clear, I love that side. And like, honestly, here's my take, right? I've reviewed a whole bunch of frontside skis that in my admittedly limited time when I've skied back, back East, the skiing I did was at Stowe, and honestly, the biggest takeaway I had was that it wasn't so much like, "Oh my god, I've never skied conditions like this." It was that, you know, certain runs you're just going to get less vertical than we sometimes get in the the Rocky Mountains. And I think that to me is actually the biggest the biggest thing. Like if you're skiing at a Midwest or Eastern or Western ski area that just has shorter vert, that is where I would want to be on a shorter ski, like a shorter length of ski. But I think that like if that, if I was out West or if I was out East and it was a particularly icy area, I don't think that my choice of ski would vary a whole lot. I would probably go shorter the shorter the vert is. Kristen, thoughts? Uh,
3: no. So so Cannon has 19, 1800 vert. Um, Mount Mansfield or Stowe has 2300. Totally just Googled this, not off the top of my head. Um, so there, the East Coast doesn't necessarily have like, I mean, there are a lot of small, low vertical mountains and like, less steep runs and stuff like that. But, um, I, I mean my memories and when I go back, like it's the conditions are just, they're, they're different than what I ski continuously out here. Um, I don't know how else to say it other than like, I'd be skiing like ice, uh, an entire run top to bottom. Sure. Like you, you fall, you're going down into the lake or through the trees. Um,
2: no, I so get not, that.
3: Not not necessarily because there's less vertical, but just those are the conditions like it, the wind whips through the notch and just takes all the snow with it or it rains after it snows.
0: Yeah, I just when I was skiing when I was skiing at Stowe, so again, like the Head i Titan is one of my favorite dedicated carvers. I would happily ski that ski on the East Coast. I think it's an incredible ice ski. But what I might do, so for example, I've been testing back to back to back to back to back the Nordica Enforcer 88 in the 179 centimeter length versus the 186 centimeter length. And honestly, I just would go with like the shorter the vert, the more I would be totally happy and content to size down. And I think that's the right call. But I don't know. I just find that like having skied back East and then on the the iciest days at like a or a Crested Butte or in New Zealand or in other parts of the world where I've skied, I don't think that we're talking about wildly different skis. We're talking about what exactly is the condition and how long is the run. That's my take.
3: Yeah, I, th- I think... I would just generally pick a narrower ski if I was skiing more days back East. Yeah. And I, I I get what you're saying about the shorter length and everything like that and the conditions, but yeah, that I'm just saying that would be my change.
0: Yeah. Um, we should go, I should let you guys go, but I do want to give you guys the final word.
1: I, well, I, I just, I feel like, uh, for me personally, like, um, I love doing the quivers. I, I, I totally agree with whoever said it earlier. It's a really good, Um, way to be introspective and kind of see hey what is my personal thing but I also like reading uh everybody else's including skiers I've never met skiers I've never skied with um just to see like you know in the blister ski room we have so many skis the walls cave in on you it's really it's really interesting to see which skis stick out which ones um you know are favorites amongst all of us so I I think it's such a cool thing I I I hope the readers enjoy it as much as we do writing them. but yeah
3: I'm excited because I think we're going to get on some really interesting and a lot more skis this um, season. So our quippers might change quite a bit or might, they might stay the same. But um, like hopefully we'll get some moments or some black crows or um, some some different stuff
2: that I, I haven't been on. So I'm excited about that for this coming season. Um, I agree with Kristen. I think. Throughout my quiver articles, I mentioned so many different skis that I'd like to get out on and some really like newer exciting skis, especially in lengths that weren't previously offered um, for women. So that's kind of exciting. I know like the Solomon QST Stella 106 is coming longer than it has in previous years. Um, Blizzard just ramped up their line of Shiva's to include 180 centimeter skis, which can finally like take me off the wrestlers completely. Um, not that it's a different ski, but just that, you know, I get to kind of represent the women's side a bit more. And so that's really exciting for me and uh, yeah, I'd like to get on a couple of those more niche brands that I don't really have access to as readily having, worked at different ski shops. um, So it'd be really cool to get on, you know, Moment or Black Crows or anything that's kind of a little bit more foreign to me. So I'd love to explore some of the women's options in those brands as well.
0: And on that note, thank you so much for this conversation and for offering your perspectives.
2: Thank you. Good to talk to you all.
0: That's it for this edition of Gear 30. Thanks to Kristen, Sasha, and Kara for the conversation. Thanks to Luke Alley for producing this episode. And thanks to you for listening. Now, please take good care out there, and we will talk to you again next week.